On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla reports their Q4 delivery numbers and updates us on the Model 3 production ramp. East Coast invitations begin going out to Tesla-owning Model 3 reservation holders. A fun Model 3 Easter egg is discovered and more. What's happening, friends? Happy New Year to you. It is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for January 7th, 2018, episode number 127. I am Ryan McCaffrey. Sleeping on top of the couch as if she were a cat is the, uh, what, five and a half month old now, Daisy the Boxer puppy. She looks very, very comfortable right now. Uh, Anyway, uh, Happy New Year to you. It is 2018. Pardon me if I sound a little off. This week, I am recovering from a New Year's cold. Uh, It went from my uh, throat and then chest from my asthma uh, into my head and face, (laughs) into just blocking my sinuses. I think it's starting to clear out now. But, you know, then again, I've got nothing to complain about because uh, it's nothing compared to the, uh, the absolute just cold. It's not even a cold snap. It's like a cold if a cold snap, cold, it's more like a cold clap. That's that's more what it is. It just the the unfathomable uh, bit of cold that is that has hit much of the eastern part of the United States and certainly Canada as well. So uh, stay safe, friends. I hope uh, hope everything's going okay for you. Uh, it's it's uh, not pleasant out there. Some tough winter weather, but anyway. Uh, Tesla owners at least have their new year off to a pretty good start because. They got, on New Year's Day, uh, an automatic rain-sensing wipers update via software. It is categorized in beta, meaning it, it could theoretically improve and get, uh, get better, but it's there uh, for SX, and then it came a, a day or two later for the Model 3. But yes, so the, the, uh, the cars will now automatically sense rain on the, uh, on the windshield and wipe with the wiper blades accordingly. So that's cool. That's been a feature from Autopilot 1 that the Autopilot 2 owners have been waiting for for some time, and there it is. Well, let's get right into the Tesla news this week, and then I've actually got a ton of excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls this week. You folks kindly heeded the call. Lots of great stuff to get to, so stick around for that. But first, on the news side, the Model 3 production ramp is not quite going as fast as anyone had hoped, not Elon, not Tesla, and certainly not us reservation holders. It's not terrible, but it is a delay. So here is Tesla's Q4 production and delivery statement. They said, quote, In Q4, Tesla delivered 29,870 vehicles, of which 15,200 were Model S, 13,120 were Model X, and 1,550 were Model 3. This was once again our all-time best quarter for combined Model S and X deliveries, representing a 27% increase over Q4 2016 and a 9% increase over Q3 2017, our previous best quarter. 
In total, we exceeded our previously announced guidance by delivering 101,312 Model S and X vehicles in 2017. This was a 33% increase over 2016. In Q4, Tesla delivered 29,870 vehicles. Uh, wait a minute, how's that? <laughs> They're repeating themselves. Uh, in total, uh, let's see here. In addition to Q, I think it must be a copy-paste error. I apologize for that. In addition to Q4 deliveries, about 2,520 Model S and X vehicles and 860 Model 3s were in transit to customers at the end of the quarter. These will be counted as deliveries in Q1 2018. More here. Q4 production totaled 24,565, of which 2,425, so almost exactly... 10% uh, were Model 3. As we previously indicated, we slightly reduced Model S and X production in Q4 because of the reallocation of some of the manufacturing workforce towards Model 3 production, which also caused inventory to decline. Now here's where it starts to get interesting. During Q4, we made major progress addressing Model 3 production bottlenecks, with our production rate increasing significantly towards the end of the quarter. In the last seven working days of the quarter, we made 793 Model 3s, and in the last few days, we hit a production rate on each of our manufacturing lines that extrapolates to over 1,000 Model 3s per week. As a result of the significant growth in our production rate, we made as many Model 3s since December 9th as we did in the more than four months of Model 3 production up to that point. This is why we were not able to deliver many of these cars during the holiday season just before the quarter ended. Model 3 deliveries to non-employee customers are now accelerating rapidly and we're confident our customers will love them. Here is the super significant part. As we continue to focus on quality and efficiency rather than simply pushing for the highest possible volume in the shortest period of time, we expect to have a slightly more gradual ramp through Q1 likely ending the quarter at a weekly rate of about 2,500 Model 3 vehicles. We intend to achieve the 5,000 per week milestone by the end of Q2. We're very grateful to everyone at Tesla who has poured their heart and soul into helping with the Model 3 ramp and creating the progress we are seeing. We're also very appreciative of our Model 3 customers who continue to stick by us while patiently waiting for their cars. All right, so... The ramp then has now slowed once again for the second time from the original estimate of uh, 5,000 cars per week at the end of Q4 to 5,000 cars per week by the end of Q1 to 5,000 cars per week by the end of Q2. Even though this is a good problem to have, remember, of course Tesla would rather have half a million pre-orders than have 50,000 pre-orders, but it is nevertheless a problem simply because there are half a million of us waiting for our cars, and now it is going to take longer for Tesla to deliver them all, which means probably more time spent trying to anti-sell the Model 3 and some more time, uh, tricky time, for Tesla as they try to really hold up the Model S and make sure everybody says, hey, nope, we've got this right now. Let's every Please buy this, everybody. You know, it's it's been a it was a sort of an awkward summer for Tesla, as they were doing that, uh, and they're going to have to continue that for a bit longer, it seems. Now, I will say this: to keep things 
properly in perspective. You guys know me. I like to try and pull back and take the 10,000-foot view on things because I do find that it's healthy and helpful to do that uh, with these kinds of things. Remember that Tesla is now, if in fact, you know, they actually hit 1,000 cars per week here early in 2018, like whether it's this week or next week because they said they're, you know, those last few days they were... Uh, on that pace. So provided they actually hit that here in the imminent future, or if they have not hit it already, that means Tesla is already producing the Model 3 at the same rate that they currently make the Model S, and X for that matter. And remember that it took Tesla years to reach a run rate of 1,000 Model S's per week. So that's pretty great. Like, in a, in a very short amount of time, all things considered, Tesla has achieved the same rate of production that they have on their now uh, five-and-a-half-year-old sedan, uh, you know, their first car. So that's pretty great right there. Now, also worth considering, on the plus side, mostly, uh, the tax credit threshold for that $7,500 federal tax credit, since, of course, the tax credit was spared in the recently passed tax bill, that threshold with this reduced uh, production ramp is pretty unlikely, in my opinion. I'm, I don't have any insider knowledge. I don't know for sure. But I think it is pretty unlikely that that 200000 threshold is crossed until Q2. You know, that's been a topic of much discussion by me and certainly by you guys uh, on the Ride the Lightning hotline as well. It's We, we all want to know. I mean, it affects a lot of us, tens of thousands of us. So uh, the full $7,500 credit is, if in fact the, the threshold, the phase-out is triggered in Q2, that means that it's going to be f available to anybody who takes delivery through Q3, which is September 30th. So anybody taking delivery of a Tesla through September 30th, if in fact this is the case, uh, you are going to be eligible for that full $7,500 tax credit, which means uh, the in that instance, the half credit of $3,750 would be on the table through Q1 of 2019, and then the quarter credit, the final portion of the phase-out, would be good in Q2 and Q3 of 2019 before finally all tax federal tax credits would go away for Tesla vehicles uh, after September 30th of 2019. So that's that appears to be, that seems to be, uh, there's a, a decent probability that that's the track we are on right now. And, you know, on that note, <clears throat> it certainly remains to be seen how many dual motor cars end up getting the full tax credit. If any of them do, it's almost certainly going to be the dual motor cars of owners and not those of us who are non-owners, which, you know, I suppose is a pretty nice way, a, a, a very nice way of Tesla saying thank you to those owners who helped get them to this point. I mean, Elon is, has made a point of that in the past, of saying, hey, you know, in fact, just recently, that, that's what kicked off his tweet storm from last week, was expressing another bit of gratitude to those early adopters who took a chance 
on this startup all-electric car company. But, you know, I can't say, granted, obviously you guys know where I'm sitting. I'm a non-owner. So, you know, from my perspective, it's it's a little bit of a shame. I'm I'm not uh I'm not upset at at owners, obviously, but you know, the the folks who could already afford a Model S or a Model X and are thus taking deliveries, priority deliveries on Model 3s, you know, the, the tax credit's probably not going to make quite as big of an impact on their finances as it would for those of us who've been waiting uh, for Model 3 as non-owners. But, you know, then again, I, I am saying that knowing that I'm talking about the dual motor car here, which is going to be pricier. Though, though, do remember, dual motor is also going to be offered on the standard 220-mile battery, as well as the larger battery. Uh, so, you know, just it's not necessarily, the dual motor configuration isn't necessarily limited to higher-priced configurations. But uh, for me, you know, I've told you before that I'm holding out for dual motor, and uh, my previous delivery window, which is still current as of this recording, but I do expect those those delivery estimates to change in the my tesla site pretty soon if they haven't already by the time you guys hear this podcast but my dual motor window was august to october so i was already looking at a fingers crossed for delivery by september 30th to try and get the full tax credit if indeed it didn't trigger till the phase out didn't trigger till q2 now with this uh, slowing of the production ramp, I think it's probably highly unlikely that I'm going to get my all-wheel drive car by September 30th. So I have to think that I'm almost certainly staring at a half-credit situation uh, in waiting for the all-wheel drive car, which is unfortunate, but you know I'm going to stand firm on this. I, I, I absolutely could take delivery of a first production car uh, the, the window that I had there was through February though, even, and even if that gets pushed back a little bit, uh, I, you know, I could, uh, still act on it, but I want the white interior. Uh, I want the all wheel drive. And I, a, f- a few of you who've met me and been to my <laughs> home, there are a few friends out there, you know, my sort of strange sloped hill driveway situation. I need that air suspension, not for, not for, uh, you know, showing off <laughs> to friends. Like, look at my car, it goes up and down. No, it's, uh, my current car kind of, if it's, if there's more than just me and my, uh, six-year-old in it, it'll, t- it tends to scrape on one side, even going super slow, out of the out of my garage just because of the the angle of things. So I need that air suspension in order to raise the car up and not scrape the bottom of it. In fact, I I went and looked up uh, at, with this delay. I was like, well, just I wonder. And just out of curiosity, I went and looked up and l- looked up this information. My current car, which is a as I've said before, it's a 2006 Infiniti G35, uh, and I compared the ground clearance of it to the Model 3, and the Model 3 actually sits a half inch lower than my current Infiniti does, so I would be scraping even more if I went with a regular standard coil suspension Model 3. So uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. So all, you know, 
you know, hey, if uh, if anybody's out there listening who happens to work for Tesla that wants to accidentally throw my you know name into the into like the owner or even employee priority list so that I can get my 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 dual motor car sooner. You know, hey, I do have an audience to inform about the all-wheel drive car. After all, I've got I've got to do it. I've got a a duty to my audience. No, I'm I'm kidding. I I I will wait. I wait my turn, of course, as uh, as all of us will. But all right, so that's uh, the production ramp. On a similar note, a wave of design studio invites, so invitations to configure your Model Three, went out to. East Coast Tesla owners this week. They swept across Midwest as well, but they went as far east as the East Coast of the United States, which uh, what that does, the reason that I bring that up is because that now definitively answers one of the questions that we've had for the past 18 plus months ever since the reservation started about how each priority status would be weighted. So it seems that being a Tesla owner outweighs uh, being a non-owner in California, since we still have no invitations that have gone out to to any non-owners yet. So you've got East Coast owners getting invites before West Coast non-owners. Because, you know, you remember... There were calls about this. There was we spent time sort of trying to figure out the the algebra of it, and that is, you know, we weren't sure if Tesla was going to stay out west and give that region the top priority and sort of go, okay, we're in the west and we'll go employees first, then uh, owners, then non-owners. And then and then move, you know, go through everybody and then move like a time zone over and start it over again and go employees, owners. No, like, no, that's not how it's going at all. It is uh, it is going by ownership priority more, more is greater than your geography, basically. So that is probably good news to some folks and maybe bad news to some other folks. But at least now we have some clarity on that. All right. So that's it for the immediate delivery production update. A few more things this week. Remember a week, maybe two ago, when I was talking about wanting to use the Tesla smartphone app to plan trips and then just use the app to send them to the car's nav? Well, you can now do part one of that on Tesla's website. If you go to tesla.com slash trips, that basically gives you the Tesla in-car navigation system that you can play with on a computer, and obviously without having a needing a Tesla, uh, you can choose which car. So uh, you know the 75 kilowatt hour S, the 100, the 100D, uh, you know both of the X's, and then even the Model Three long range as well. So you choose whichever car, and then uh, it will estimate whatever trip you want to make. So I went ahead and put in my parents' house in Arizona because not only have I done that drive many times uh, over the years, back when uh, when I was divorced and it was just me and Maggie 
and you know, I'd be off for the holidays from work, and I would not want to leave Maggie alone. So I would just th- we'd get in the car, uh, we'd pack up, and and we would you know plan the trip, and we would drive to Arizona and just spend the the holidays there. So uh, I've done the drive. I know how long it takes, and I sort of know what it entails. So I said, okay, well let's let's see what that drive estimates in a Model 3 long range, which is, you know, my plan is to have the Model 3 uh, dual motor long range, which should actually be, you know, hopefully slightly greater range than the 310, because that's, you know, we we expect the history suggests that the, the dual motor car will have slightly longer range, maybe not enough to make a difference with supercharger stops on a trip like that, but in any case... The Model 3 long range that's on that tesla.com slash trip site is a pretty good estimate. So I put in my parents' house and door to door, because by the way, I, I actually intend to do this drive in my Model 3 for the holidays, I was going to say next year, this year, 2018. Uh, I suspect my wife and daughter may end up flying, but it's the same thing. Like I'm going to want to go see my parents. Uh, they kindly came here uh, for a bit of the holidays this year, this past year, because I told them, oh, we got the puppy at home. I don't want to leave the puppy, and we can't, you know, can't quite bring her yet. So anyway, uh, for holidays 2018, I want to get down to my parents' house in Arizona. And uh, and I, so I figure, well, the, the wife and daughter may choose to fly, but Daisy and I can drive in the Model 3. It'll be, it'll be fun anyway, it'll be, you know, I, when I get this car, I want to drive more. I want to do trips. So this is great. It'll be, it'll be fun. So uh, in, a, in, a, in my current car, in the Infiniti, it's about an 11 and a half to 12-hour drive or so, give or take half an hour on either side, depending on how the greater Los Angeles area's traffic goes. So on the Tesla site, in the Model 3 long range, it estimates... 15 hours, so it's about a three-hour difference with, uh, I think it was five charging stops, all uh, between 30 and 45 minutes apiece. 15 hours is a long day of driving, but at least from what I've read from many, many, I cannot emphasize this enough, many Tesla owners, a road trip, a long road trip is... Physically, it is noticeably less taxing on your body. It is less exhausting to do that, to do a long drive in a Tesla because it's such a smooth, quiet ride and you don't have that engine vibration that's subtly rattling you, you know, not like that. I, <laughs> it's, it's a theater of the mind here. It's radio. Uh, but yeah, you know, you get the point. But it is apparently a real thing where it's just being a smoother, quieter ride in an in a, in a electric vehicle that's, that's, it's just a, it's easier on your body. So you sort of, you're not as exhausted when you get there. So it's going to be a long one. And obviously I'll tell you all about it. In fact, hell, I may even choose to, <laughs> I may record some stuff. Uh, I'll have such a long drive. I may, I may have to do a, a show or two from, from that drive, uh, next, next, uh, holiday. But in any case, I encourage you to go check that out. If you're not already a Tesla, if you're like me, you know, you don't have access to a Tesla to go poke around and see, you know, put in a drive to to your parents' house or wherever 
wherever, whatever sort of long in, interstate drive that you might be contemplating when you get your Model 3, check that out, tesla.com slash trips. Speaking of trips, if you happen to be driving next holiday uh, and you do come across winter weather, if you are expecting to do that or if you live in those areas, Tesla is now selling winter tire and wheel packages for the Model 3 in both 18-inch and 19-inch variants. What's interesting about this is both the name and the price. So get this, the 18-inch tire and wheel kit is $1,700, which honestly seems pretty reasonable to me. For That's for winter tires and wheels. It's like, that's not too bad. Because uh, your, your figure, that's about maybe $450 to $500 worth of tires. Then you figure $1,200 for the wheel. That's, that's not that bad. I, I think that's fair. But uh, what's strange about this, and I, I wonder why they've chosen to do this, but this is, I guess, what we have going forward. The Aero wheels, you know, those 18-inch wheels, they're now called the pinwheel. We, that's the name of the wheel style, pinwheel. You know, you've got the 21-inch turbine on the Model S. You've got the 19-inch uh, slipstream on the Model S, and then that same wheel is, you know, 20-inch on the X. So the 18-inch aero wheel is now called the pinwheel. Now, the 19-inch, that set is $2,500. And instead of them being called sport wheels, which is what they've been referred to since they've had a name, now they're being called stiletto, which is a pretty cool name. And again, yeah, I mean, uh, when you compare these to Model S, I think it's a pretty fair price. So... Uh, the Model S packages, it's $2,500 for the uh, 19-inch slipstream winter tire and wheel package. So that's actually the same price as the 19-inch on the Model 3. But the 21-inch winter tire and wheel package for the Model S, $6,000. 6K. Uh, I guess our winter... Tires not super common in in the in a twenty one inch size. I mean that's that's a lot of money, but uh, yeah. So seventeen hundred and twenty five hundred for the Model Three winter tire tire and wheel packages. On the subject of winter driving, I want to take a quick call here. Take a throw this in the middle. I like to do this from time to time. Let's hear from Nick in Boston, who has a winter driving question related to Model Three. So Nick, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Nick. up from Boston. I'm calling in thinking about my Model 3 in the snow and wondering if you've heard any feedback from Model S drivers who have gotten rear-wheel drive and had the opportunity to drive it in the snow. I uh, would love to hear any feedback people have on uh, the handling of the rear-wheel drive Teslas in the snow. Um, love the show. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Well, Nick, I obviously cannot help you from out here in the Bay Area, being not only here, but without a Model 3. However, I was able to find some folks who do have a Model 3, and they took it out in a winter snowstorm. Here is a clip. This is a video, a clip of a video from the YouTube channel, Now You Know, if you'd like to go look up this channel. So check this out. This may... Uh, give you some information that is helpful. 
driving the Model 3 out of the parking lot where we really pushed it to its limits and taking it out onto the open roads where you're often going to be driving a lot more conservatively, the car really felt good. There were never any scary slips or slides, even though the road conditions were really bad. Keep in mind that this was during the middle of a snowstorm, a time when you really wouldn't want to be driving, and we were using non-winter tires. Overall, I would say that the Model 3 handles really well in the snow. So there you go, a positive report from the folks at the YouTube channel, Now You Know. Thanks for the call, Nick. Uh, a couple more quick news items this week, and they are... Fun ones. A fun Model 3 Easter egg was discovered by a Tesla Motors Club forum user named Josh G. Uh, as Electrek describes it, on the About Your Tesla window in the interface, which is accessed by pressing the T logo, owners can press and hold the 3 in the Model 3 logo for a few seconds, and the rendering of their Model 3 will move forward out of the window. And in there, you'll see pop up a photograph of Elon, Franz von Holzhausen, and what I presume is the Model 3 design team standing in front of the Silver Alpha prototype. It's a really cool group shot. And Josh found this, by the way, because the same thing can be done on the Model S. And that's actually, uh, thank you, Josh, because I don't know if you're listening by chance, Josh, but I actually didn't know about that Easter egg on the Model S. Uh, I'm going to have to show that to my cousin Pat next time I see him because I bet he didn't know about that one either. So uh, what's cool about this, by the way, for the Tesla employees that are in that picture is that they now have just an instant cool thing that they can say to any Model 3 owner they ever meet, whether it's a family member, a friend, a random person they happen to encounter. They can go, they can, they can say, Hey, uh, did you know that there's a picture of me in your car? And then show off the picture and have a, you know, have a neat little story. And I think that's pretty cool. So uh, something to file away in the back of your mind for when you take delivery of your Model 3. And if you happen to be an existing Tesla owner uh, of any of the cars, check that out for yourself now if you've never seen it. And finally this week, still no word of Model 3's hitting Tesla's showrooms and quite frankly, I personally wouldn't expect Tesla to be in any hurry to make that happen, what with the production ramp progressing a bit more slowly than expected. But I received a tip from a friend whose relative took delivery of a Model 3 in Fremont this week, and he told me that there is a multi-coat red Model 3 that's on display in the showroom there, there uh, which if you're not familiar when you pull in, there's a there's a security gate, which the guard, the security guard doesn't even really, they're only sort of there if you have a question. Otherwise, you can just drive right in. So it's uh, when you go, if you basically just go straight in, but you just, you veer right just a little bit and there's the row of superchargers. And next to that, there's a showroom with a, with a store. There's, there's Tesla apparel. You could buy t-shirts and stuff in there. And there is apparently now a car, a Model 3, a red Model 3, in there. So if you are in the Bay Area or you're here on business or whatever, if you're here and you have not already seen one, or maybe you've possibly seen one on the road, particularly if you're in the Bay Area, but you haven't seen one up close yet, you may want to head to the factory and check that out for yourself. All right, that wraps it up for the news this week. 
Again, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I've got a whole bunch of excellent phone calls and discussion topics here queued up in the Ride the Lightning hotline, so stay tuned for that right after this. It's Ride the Lightning Hotline time where you guys call in. It's your time to shine here on the show. Bring your questions, your comments, your discussion topics to the table, and let's talk about them. You can record something on your smartphone uh, using your phone's built-in voice recorder and just email me the file. You can send that to teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call in and leave a message anytime, day or night, on the Ride the Lightning hotline, it is toll-free, and the number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted like I do, or you can put them onto a keepsake of some sort. Visit lifeonrecord.com if you'd like to learn more. Our first call this week is a uh, early nominee for Call of the Year. Uh, this is just a—I mean, he's cheating a little bit. He's—he's—he's—you're going to see why. Why this is uh, Andrew from Canada is cheating a little bit to make this such a great call, but. Now, no one's thought to do this. <laughs> this is great. Anyway, I'll stop, uh, stop lingering. Andrew, and maybe a special guest, take it away. Hi, Ryan. This is Andrew from Canada calling. I've got three questions for you today. First one is from my daughter. Hello, Ryan. What will I see out of my window in my car seat when I'm in my new car? That's her question. <clears throat> I've got two. One is uh, the leaked manual had some language that was surprising to me around the uh, over-the-air updates, basically saying that if you didn't install them right away, you would void, void your warranty. My concern there is my wife actually goes on call for months at a time, and so taking an hour and a half to install an update could be a bit of a concern. Um just wanted to get your thoughts on that and whether they're just using cautious language and whether there's actually no issue. Another question is uh, the Model S and X both have a calendar app as far as I understand, but I haven't heard any mention of that for the Model 3. I also kind of understand that the calendar app, it just it doesn't seem to be very frequently used in the S and X. I love the idea of it for appointment-based driving when you're kind of going from one place to the next and just being able to instantly tap to get directions to the next place that are, you know, time contextual would be very handy, I think. Anyway, those are questions for you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, hello, Andrew's lovely daughter. Thank you so much for calling. So I think I can help you here. Now, you are going to see a lot if all you have to do is look up in your car seat when your dad gets his Tesla, when he gets his Model 3. If you look up, you're going to see the big, beautiful sky, and when it's nighttime, you're going to see all the pretty stars because in daddy's new car, there is nothing but glass above you that you can see right through, just like the windows in your house, so you'll be able to see the sky above your head. It's very cool, 
and you're going to be a very, very lucky girl to get to see such wonderful, beautiful things every time you're in your daddy's car. Now, Andrew, as to your questions, I wouldn't worry about the warranty at all. Uh, I just wouldn't. Tesla is, they're not that kind of company. I, I just, honestly, I think they're covering their backsides there for some extreme example that's unlikely to ever happen. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. Been wrong before. It'll happen again. But uh, I'm not too worried there. And thank you, by the way, for bringing up the calendar functionality in Model 3, because I have seen it in Model S before. Uh, I obviously am familiar with it. But I hadn't even, I confess, I hadn't even thought about it as it pertains to the Model 3, uh, so I'm so glad you reminded me. You're right. There's been zero mention of it. I mean, I, I suspect that just like the web browser, it just hasn't been finished up yet for the Model 3. In fact, there are other things too. Scheduled charging hasn't come online yet for Model 3, and neither has Wi-Fi, by the way. So the software is still very much in development for the Model 3, just like it was in the early days of the Model S as well. So uh, great questions from both of you, uh, Andrew and Andrew's daughter. Thank you so much. I will, I would expect, by the way, I, I'm sure that by the time you get your Model 3, the calendar functionality is going to be in there. So yes, again, thank you both so much for calling in. Let's move on uh, with, I, I have to confess here, I'm not, I, I listened to this so many times, I couldn't quite get uh, hear what this person's name was, this gentleman's name, and I don't want to just say the wrong name. So, uh, sir, I, I sincerely apologize, but he is, uh, he's from Montreal, uh, and he wants to comment on my predictions episode from last week. So you, sir, are on the air. Hey, Ryan, it's Jeff from Montreal. I just wanted to comment on your sexy predictions from last week. But first, thanks so much for delivering such an amazing podcast for all of, all of us enthusiasts, rain or shine. I look forward to hearing your take on the and recap on the weekly news. And of course, the boxer every Monday. I couldn't think of a better way to start the week. Uh, as for your predictions, they're pretty much in line with mine, although I'd be surprised if the refresh on the S wouldn't carry over immediately to the X so that they keep a matching image of their upper-class vehicles. Uh, people are very visual, and I don't think Tesla wants to further confuse the masses on their class system. As for the Y reveal, Q4 does seem about right, and I think Elon might even uh, squeeze in a P3D announcement for you at the end and to remind people that they don't necessarily have to wait to get a great affordable-ish car. Uh, speaking of the three, I am looking forward to grab a test drive with Yo-Yo since he'll be coming through Montreal tomorrow. Hundreds of people have already RSVP'd. Uh, Montreal and Quebec have nearly the most expensive gas prices and the cheapest electricity in North America, 100% renewable. So there is no better place for EVs, which could explain the excitement. I'm really thankful for Yo-Yo's road trip and most of all, your great podcast. Thanks again. Well, your Model X redesign logic does make sense, but the only other thing that I would say to uh, defend my prediction, not that we're fighting, <laughs> is that uh, my, my prediction, by the way, that, you know, that, that the X would only get a more minor touch-up, besides my original thought that the X is still very new, is that, remember, Tesla has very limited resources, even though they are a fast-growing company of 33,000-plus employees. They just... They don't have uh, a ton of resources at their disposal 
so, I mean, I, I wonder if the various teams, I'm talking design, engineering, and the production team to actually build the cars, would have enough bandwidth to handle both a new S and a new X at the same time. I mean, it seems unlikely to me, based on what we've seen of Tesla's product reveals so far, but... We shall see. Let, uh, let 2018 commence, and we'll see what happens in the redesign department for any of the cars. Next is Justin here in San Francisco. He got his Model 3 invite and wants to talk about options there. Justin, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Justin in San Francisco. Uh, first of all, I hope everybody, uh, yourself included, and all the listeners had a great holiday and happy new year. Uh, I'm calling to let you know I did get my invite to configure, but I am going to go ahead and defer and get the standard battery. There's just not enough situations in which I'm going to need the extended range, and I'm going to save myself the money and an argument with my wife so everybody wins. I did want to ask, though, if you or any of the listeners have heard uh, anything around when the standard battery configurations are going to be opened up. Uh, I am in San Francisco, as I said, so in California, close to the factory. And I basically did draft off uh, a family member who is a Model S owner, which is how I'm able to get the early uh, invite. But uh, it's driving me a little bit crazy not knowing exactly when the standard battery uh, configurations will be opened up. You know, I was getting the early 2018 message after the uh, delivery estimates were updated a while back, and that's kind of still what I'm seeing. So... I'll take wild speculation. I'll take uh, moderate speculation. I'll take anything. So I uh, love the show. Looking forward to hearing your answer or if any of the listeners uh, have some thoughts or feedback on that too. Certainly we welcome that. Thanks. Take care. Well, Justin, you called in prior to the reveal of the Q4 delivery numbers that I went over earlier in the show and, of course, the downgraded production expectations for the Model 3. Now, of course, we don't actually know if that will affect the availability of the standard battery, but I think for now we have to presume it does. And as such, I think it's reasonable to presume, I don't want to use the word assume because we all know what assuming does, but I think it's reasonable to presume that the quote early 2018 window for standard battery, I, I interpret that loosely as Q1, right? Wouldn't any sort of sensible interpretation of that be Q1? So now I'm thinking it probably Q2 for standard battery. And since you're uh, you're able to get in there with a Tesla owner's priority, and we again I talked earlier in the show that that matters for sure. And the fact that you're right here in the Bay Area, that means you you are probably going to be near the front of the line for the standard battery, uh, since especially since you've already received your invitation to configure. Like, as soon as that standard battery comes online, you can just click your order and, and you're done. You're, you're going to have one of the first standard battery cars off the line, I would presume. So, thanks for calling in, Justin. Let's move to Mike in Phoenix, who really wants to see a Model 3 prior to taking delivery of one. Mike, let's talk. Hey, Daisy and Ryan. It's Mike calling from Phoenix. I was able to get my three reservation on the morning and day that they were available. And also, I decided to purchase a inventory Model S vehicle in August. So I expect that I should get my delivery notice pretty quickly. My question is, 
Am I going to be actually be able to see the vehicle before I purchase it? It seems somewhat odd to me that I might take delivery of a vehicle before I'm even able to set my eyes on it. Is this going to change anytime soon? Thanks for your show. I really enjoy it. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Mike, but the answer is probably no. You heard me address this a little earlier in the podcast as well. I mean, showroom and or test drive models are nowhere in sight outside of Fremont itself. And with this second setback in the production S-curve, Tesla has, in my opinion, really no reason to try and spur any more sales of the Model 3 by putting them in the middle of showrooms, let alone allowing people to drive them. That being said, what I would advise you to do, and I think you'll have a lot of success doing this, if you go onto the Tesla Motors Club forums, look under, go into the forums, and then look under the community section, then go into the North America forum, and then look in the mountain slash southwest subforum. That covers Arizona owners. From there... I'll bet you could either find a thread or post a request, make a new thread uh, saying, you know, who you are, where you live, and you want to, you'd love to see the car. And I'll bet you could either arrange, help arrange, or jump in on a meetup that's already planned, because I guarantee you're not the only one in the Phoenix area that, that wants to see the car. And I'm, uh, I'm sure that uh, something will probably get arranged. So uh, I'll bet you'll be, you would be able to go see it from somebody in your area who has already taken delivery. So I wish you the best of luck with that. Thanks for calling in. We got three more calls this week. Our first one, in fact, uh, all, all three are about the Tesla pickup truck. You'll recall that I was racking my brain last week trying to figure out what would the game-changing feature be that Elon Musk alluded to. So we've got three takes on it. The first one is from Aaron in New York. Aaron, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? So I wanted to make a uh, quick voice memo in regards to the pickup truck that you were talking about that Tesla's going to be developing. Uh, The feature that I think that they're going to incorporate would be a dump truck type bed that um, goes up so that you can put material in the back of your pickup truck and and dump it just like you would with a dump truck that could be electronically actuated or hydraulically actuated. So that's my wager on a feature that would definitely change the game for pickup trucks for the average consumer. I love the show. Look forward to it each week. I hope everyone's doing well and uh, can't wait for you to get your model three take care everybody aaron this does make a ton of sense there are definitely a lot of commercial applications where this could be really super useful and it's definitely something that nobody else is doing so it fits elon's criteria that way my only question about this and uh it applies to another call we're going to have in a in a couple of callers here as well is with regard to the structural rigidity of the Tesla pickup, which, you know, is is a safety strength of all Teslas, how would the battery pack in the floor work in your in your scenario here, in your idea? I mean, I suppose the hydraulics or actuators could be sitting like on a layer on right on top of the pack so that the idea still works and that the, the pickup can still maintain those structural benefits of the skateboard design. But uh, that, that would be an interesting design challenge, but certainly not one that is unsolvable for the team at Tesla. Thank you for the call, Aaron. So uh, Matt from Fort Worth, what do you think? Hi, Ryan. Matt from Fort Worth calling again. 
in response to your listener opinion regarding the game changer on the Tesla pickup. I currently have a pickup and I use it daily as I wait for my Model 3. I'm no expert by any stretch, but I've done a lot of hauling and towing using my truck. I think an electric truck will boil down to the need for range and power, both of which drain on the battery pack. That said, I think we need to see some similarities in the pickup and the Tesla Semi. Tesla will need a battery pack with the kilowatt hours necessary for both towing power and range. I feel they would need a range of at least 450 miles to be a game changer, especially if towing will diminish that range significantly. And where would the perfect spot be to store this large power requirement? How about a double stack of battery packs under the truck bed, which allow for both supercharging and mega charging? All the best in this new year, Ryan. Thank you. I like your thinking there, Matt, but with all due respect, I wonder if that's game-changing enough, you know, just trying to think along with Elon and think like Elon as much as my puny brain <laughs> will allow. You know, that your your thought, I mean, your idea sounds like a better pickup truck to me, not not to discount the idea at all, but uh it, it, I will say it does check off the larger than an F-150 box, though. So uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I we got one more here. Let's go to Travis. Uh, he's got one other thought on what this game-changing pickup truck feature would, could, would be here. Travis, take us home. Hi, this is Travis from the Coast Guard. I'm pretty willing to bet that the game-changing feature for the pickup truck is a lowering bed uh, with the motors on either side for the wheels. You could potentially lower the bed all the way to the bottom. So if you have to move in a bunch of firewood or a couch or whatever it is you're trying to carry, it could just walk it in, no lifting required, push a button, bed lifts up in the back, you drive away with the item. No uh, no need to break your back. Thanks. I appreciate the podcast. Bye. Well, that could be very possible in an electric pickup truck since you don't have any exhaust or transmission on the underside to have to worry about. All you've got is the electric motor, the rear-wheel drive, or I'm sure the pickup truck will be an all-wheel drive vehicle. Well, let's see if you're right, though unfortunately it might be a couple of years until we know. I mean, heck, remember, you guys, this audience guessed what was going to be in the secret reveal at the semi-truck event, you, uh, you, one of the guesses was that the Roadster was going to come off the back of the semi. So you got that. We'll see if you guys can also get the secret of the pickup truck. I remind you to please keep those calls coming. I think this is a great part of the show. This is my favorite part of the show is where I get to hear from you guys. So give me a call toll-free anytime. The number is one 888 989-8752. Uh, again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. Or just use the built-in voice recorder on your smartphone, record something, email me the file. You can send that to teslapodcast at gmail.com. Also, a friendly reminder, by the time you hear this, the 19th Patreon-exclusive bonus episode should be live. Uh, I'm planning to record it uh, probably tomorrow, so it be up by the time anybody hears, most everybody hears this main episode. And uh, just listen, you know, if you're if you're curious, Tim from Rockland is going to be on there, Matt from Fremantle, uh, Western Australia, uh, Ramey from the Netherlands, Eric from Australia, Willie in St. Louis, Albert in Miami, and Brad in Virginia. We're going to cover a lot of interesting topics, Model 3 maintenance schedule, we're going to talk about uh, mega chargers, we're going to talk about, let's see here, uh, the rarity of seeing a Tesla, depending where you live. We'll talk about 
Mars and the and the Roadster being shot to Mars a little bit, uh, upgrading a Tesla, all kinds of stuff. So that those uh, Patreon exclusive episodes, which are, again are, are filled with the all the overflow ride the lightning hotline calls that I get over the course of a given month. Uh, those are for the ten dollar and up uh, supporters on. Patreon. So do check that out if that is you or if you're interested in becoming a Patreon, a patron, patron on Patreon. Jeez. Uh, you can you can go to patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. That's my Patreon link. All right. Uh, be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. Before I go, I want to mention the usual suspects. First up, Immaculate Reflections. If you are taking delivery of Model 3, either you maybe you just did right at the end of December or you are, uh, in fact, being queued up to take yours very, very soon, and you're here in the Bay Area specifically or taking factory delivery, I know a lot of folks uh, are, are doing that as well, be sure to check out Immaculate Reflections. They are a short drive from the Tesla factory They have over 16 years of experience. They are one of the Bay Area's premier detailing solutions. Uh, Whether you want to do new car delivery prep, paint correction, ceramic coatings, paint protection film, etc., check them out on their website, irdetailing.com. I would actually suggest looking them up on Yelp to get some uh, actual customer pictures and feedback as as Daisy the Boxer Puppy chases a... (laughs) <laughs> plastic ball around the room. Uh, they're uh, they're on Yelp or Instagram as well at the same place. It's uh, immaculate underscore reflections. If you're buying an S or X, you can use the referral code of my cousin Pat to get yourself free unlimited lifetime supercharging. Why not? Why leave it on the table? Take it. The code is Patrick5008 which you can either give to a sales advisor or if you're just ordering the car from your home computer, type in ts.la slash Patrick5008. I mentioned a moment ago, I'll just mention it briefly, the Patreon. If you really enjoy the podcast, you get a lot out of it every week and you want to consider supporting me, please do so Uh, on the Patreon page. You can take a look and see what's doing over there. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Uh, abstract Ocean, I'm, I'm told by the Abstract Ocean folks that there are some interesting new products in the pipe, but for now, the puddle lights are the hot item. I've been mentioning those because they've, they've apparently been that popular, but they've also got uh, different accessories for both you, like the, the, the Tesla lanyards. They've got screen protectors for your 17-inch SRX screen or your 15-inch Model 3 screen. All kinds of fun stuff. Check them out at abstractocean.com. And if you're a first-time customer there, you can use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, uh, at checkout to get 20% off of your order. So that's pretty cool. Thanks to abstractocean.com for offering that. Uh, And of course, the show is made possible in large part by the Patreon producers. These are the kind folks that not only support me on Patreon, but do so at the $20 level or higher. So they get uh, a lot of the those extra benefits that are, that are part of uh, Patreon. So uh, they are, 
in alphabetical order. Actually, no, they're in. I guess what order? This is the order in which they've they've been uh, they've been with me. So it's sort of like Jeff Bartram. Is he's, he's? I think he's like uh, he's like employee number one, except he's he's Patreon producer number one. We got Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White. Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael O'Prey, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, John Lasher, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, Aaron Greenberg, Peter Chalet, uh, uh, pardon me, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, and Rome Strack. Thank you all so, so much uh, for your generosity. I do sincerely appreciate it month in and month out. If you're interested, you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And again, the show email address, if you want to email me about anything, is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to this podcast if you're not already subscribing. That way it just gets downloaded to you rather than you having to seek it out. You can do that on most of your favorite podcast services, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, There's always the podcast hosting site as well where you can get individual episodes or uh, grab the RSS feed as well. You can find that stuff at teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, dot Com. That'll wrap it up for the first podcast of 2018, episode number 127 in the books. Again, this is the year of the Model 3. For so many of us, even if the ramp is slowed down a little bit, a whole lot of us are going to get cars this year. It is going to be a fun one. I look forward to covering it. Uh, I hope you'll stick with me. Let's keep it going. we got a lot of fun to have together. Many adventures to be had So let's do it. Happy electric motoring, and I will see you all again next week.